0: Well, good morning to you. I hope you enjoyed that little video. Um, It is good to be together, albeit we are apart, we are still together. I've um, done a rough count, a bit like Roger did um, last week. It's about 85 of us in the room, and it it is wonderful uh, to be able to come to God's Word together. As we do that, um, please grab your Bibles if you haven't done so already. Um, We will be continuing in John, albeit not in our series. um, But because it's Palm Sunday, we're jumping on 10 chapters, and we will be in John chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and let me pray um, as we turn to his word uh, together. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to open your word on Palm Sunday, this special day. Lord, as we explore again afresh, as we look at these words that perhaps we've read a few times before, and many of us have, have been through several Easter weeks, we do so this morning wanting to come to it afresh, And also understanding, Lord, that this is a different time for us. Um, As we come to your word this morning, as we come into this Easter week, things are not normal. And Lord, as as we do that, we are so grateful to come back to the foundation of your word and the opportunity to come back to the normality that it gives us there. So Lord, as we read it, bless it to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to read uh, John chapter 12. Uh, And starting from verse 12, it's just a few uh, short verses in John. Actually, the story of Palm Sunday is one of those stories that is in all four of the Gospels. I could have picked Matthew, Mark or Luke. And actually, we might sneak a little bit into Luke for some extra detail. But today, I thought it would be good for us to skip those 10 chapters on um, from where we left off. Uh, Water into wine was last week in chapter two, and we're in chapter 12 and verse 12 this morning. Allow me to read. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when, they, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because uh, they heard what he had bef- that he had performed this sign went out to meet him so the Pharisees said to one another see this is getting us nowhere look how the whole world has gone after him just allow me for a moment to get my notes on the screen without completely disconnecting you all to do a couple of jobs at once this morning so just to put this story into context Jesus has been in Bethany. He's been there for a feast. He's been there for a celebration to get together with some friends. It was the town of uh, that Lazarus lived, uh, lived in. Just a, a chapter earlier, Lazarus had been um, raised from the dead. It was this sign, the last of a series of signs. Last week, we had the first of the series of signs um, with the water into wine when Roger took us through that in chapter two, because we've move forward a few chapters, and we're now uh, just beyond the last of the signs. And as we enter chapter 12, we enter in John, just halfway through, or just slightly more than halfway through, John's gospel. Pretty much the rest of the gospel is dedicated to the last week of Jesus' life. John spends a great deal of time going over this detail. And it starts with this Palm Sunday, this time when Jesus enters Jerusalem. And it's the time of Passover. It was the, one of three important Jewish festivals that all Jews were expected to attend. In fact, if they could get to Jerusalem, if they lived close enough, they'd need to go there. And certainly within their lifetime, every Jew would want to, even today, to go to Jerusalem for at least one Passover. But as I say, it is, it is one of three festivals, the other two being Pentecost and Feast of Tabernacles. Josephus, the historian of the day, the Jewish historian, recorded around this time, and it, it could have been 32, 33 AD, somewhere around there, he recorded that there were 256,000 lambs sacrificed on a particular Passover ceremony, one of these rituals. And we know that every family was to select a a lamb. And if you look back in the Old Testament, we find out that um, most families um, would have cut together in groups of 10 and between 10 of them, they would have had a lamb. So if you do the maths, we're talking about two and a half million people likely to be in Jerusalem at this time. It is a crazy, busy time. There's certainly not enough spare bedrooms in people's houses. There's certainly not enough hotels. They'd have been camped out on the hillside. It would have been an amazing uh, party atmosphere. It was the place to be if you were a Jew. And as we look at this passage this morning, it's um, there are three things that I am going to um, to pick up on. The first is the day. The second is the donkey. And the third is The Difference. So if you want a title, if you're taking notes, the title could be The Day, The Donkey, and The Difference. Let us start with The Day. Because we know today we call it Palm Sunday. It is the day of the triumphant time, the opportunity that Jesus had to come into Jerusalem, triumphant entry of the King, the King of the Jews as he had been called. This day was actually the 10th, day of Nissan. In the Jewish calendar, a bit like the car but spelt slightly different, we have the month of Nisan. And this is the 10th day of Nisan. A few days time, the 14th is actually the sacrifice during this time of Passover. This time that celebrates um, when Moses and uh, the Israelites back in uh, the time of Exodus, um, that last uh, plague, that plague of uh, death where the angel of the law passes over and hence the name Passover but this is just slightly like before this is the tenth day this is a significant day because this is a day when the Jews would select their lamb they were told to make it a special lamb they were told to make it a lamb that was spotless It had to be perfect it had to be of a certain age and at this Passover time, on the 10th day of Nisan, the lamb would have been chosen and inspected and taken home. Now, of course, at some point the priest would come around or a priest would visit and inspect that lamb to check that it was a good enough quality. But they would have chosen the best lamb. The lamb would have probably come into the home with them and live with them for a bit. Little fluffy white lamb just for a couple of days before it became that sacrifice. So it's significant this day. This is the day that Jesus is presented to Jerusalem as the lamb, that sacrifice, but that ultimate lamb, the one that is spotless. But this day has much more significance even than perhaps those that were um, apparent to those that were there on that day, and we have a clue of that significance, and it was something that was picked up in the children's video, I noticed, and um, but it's not picked up in John. Um, let me take you to Luke, Luke chapter 19 and verse 42. I just want to read a, a little detail that um, John doesn't pick up on, and in verse 42, in fact, just go um, back to verse 41, it says this As he approached Jerusalem. And saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now this is hidden from your eyes. Jesus weeps over the city and proclaims, if even you had known that this day would bring you peace. What is he talking about? Well, I think he's, he's talking about a prophecy that's back in Daniel. Daniel the prophet back in chapter 9. And the clues were there in their scriptures that this day was coming. And the Pharisees and the Jewish people had missed it. You see, Daniel prophesies the coming of Jesus when sin will be atoned for. That chapter, chapter 9 in Daniel, lots of people have looked at it and it's recognized that there was a period of 483 years from the time that was given to rebuild uh, the, um, the walls of Jerusalem, uh, that time uh, with Nehemiah, uh, we find it in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1. And we know that that's recorded on a specific day. It's also the month of Nisan, happens to be the first month of Nisan, and today we know that to be 445 years BC, during the rule of King Artaxerxes. Now some people have looked into these 483 years, a lot of studies have been done. One particular one of note, and I'll let you Google it later, was by a chap by the name of Sir Robert Anderson. He was the lead detective of Scotland Yard and this 483 days intrigued him. He wrote a book about it. If you want to find the book, it's called The Coming uh, Prince. But he did a study. He said, well, what if we were to take that first day of Nissan back on 445 BC and roll the clock forward? Where would we end up? And remarkably, when he calculated it, he worked out to be 173,880 days. And if you roll that forward, you end up on the 10th day of Nissan in the year 32 AD. In our modern day calendar that would be the 6th of April 32 AD. Go back 1, uh, so 173,880 days, you end up back on the 14th of March 445 BC. Now I'm not questioning or defending the maths here, um, it's uh, others like Sir Robert Anderson to, to do that. But what I find remarkable is this was part of a plan. This is God's plan. We have a God who is control, and he is into detail. He even gives us the detail in prophecies. This day is significant. So what about the donkey? Let's talk a little bit about the donkey. We had that quiz earlier, some facts about donkey. You learnt that a, a boy donkey is called a jack. Well, a girl donkey is called a jenny. Do you know that a donkey can hear another donkey in the desert from 60 miles away? Thanks to those large ears, which are also uh, used for helping them keep cool. Most donkeys live 30 to 40 years. Max is about 60, and as we picked up in the quiz... The majority of donkeys in this world come, well not come from, but are now in China. But why a donkey? Why did Jesus come into the city on a donkey? Well, firstly, it fulfills scripture. John, in our chapter here in verse 15, quotes uh, uh, Zechariah 9 verse 9. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See your kings coming seated on a donkey's colt. It both is because it's prophesied and because therefore it reveals Christ's identity. But Jesus is coming on a donkey because this is a king that is coming with terms of peace. This is symbolic. It's a donkey. It's not a horse. If you want Jesus on a horse, you're going to have to wait. When Jesus comes back, he will be on a horse. Revelation 19, verse 11, Jesus will come and judge and make war. But this isn't a day of war. This is a day of peace. When kings rode into a city on a horse, they did so to make war. But on a donkey, it was a symbol of coming in peace. And here he is coming in peace to sacrifice himself for our sins. As I said, it's a busy time. There are some two and a half million people uh, there. And they get together and they hear he's coming and they are shouting and they are waving these palms. What are they shouting? They're shouting Hosanna. It means save us, deliver us. They're not looking to be saved from their sins, which is what Jesus' plan is. No, they see if this Jesus is the Messiah, then they will save them. Then he will come and save them from, as a nation, from the, from the foreign rulers, from these Romans that are occupying Jerusalem. That's what they're looking for. They're saying, hey, here comes our king riding on a donkey. He's coming to save us. Hosanna, deliver us now. They are shouting. You might wonder why they would be shouting these words. Well, most of them are coming out of um, what is now Psalm 118 in our Old Testament. But it's part of the Jewish halal. It's that section in our Psalms from chapter 113 to 118. It's a prayer that's recited during Jewish holidays and feasts, such as Passover. Let me just turn to it briefly. Let me just read verse 25 and just as i do that let me also let becky back in the room and jackie back in the room and just check because i can hear some sound no we're all muted well done psalm 118 verse 25 lord save us go back to 24 the lord has done it this very day let us rejoice today and be glad lord Save us! The very words that they would be, um, the very words that they would be shouting, are from this psalm. And how little do they understand and know that yes, this is that special day. They are shouting it as part of, um, as part of uh, the, uh, the the normal uh, prayers that they would recite um, during this time. So, why are they waving palms? Well, that's a symbol um, of victory, of triumph. It would be something that was, a palm was representative of of success. It would often be on coins of the time. It would be what the Greeks would have awarded uh, their athletes. But historic records also show the palms were waved at a time of deliverance from an enemy. You see, this is what was in their mindset. This is what um, they are, this is what they are thinking is going to happen. Jesus is going to deliver them from the Romans, but that's not the case. You see Jesus is different. That brings me to my first point. We know this is a special day. We know the donkey is significant. But let's just look at the difference. The crowd had spotted that Jesus was different. People were attracted to Jesus, everyday people, uh, not the religious elite so much. They didn't like Jesus. We pick this up uh, in the story. but, But the crowd's they're seeing, well, this is different to the religious. They are fed up with all the religion. Yeah, they may be there at Passover. They may be there enjoying this great festival time, but they really could do without all the issues of having to do the religious stuff. All the Pharisees chasing after them, they realize there is something different. And whilst they're here at Passover saying, yeah, it's the same every year, here we are at Passover, back up, oh, got to go get myself a precious lamb. Actually, Jesus is different. And Jesus is indeed different to religion. He's different today to religion. Never let anybody tell you that Christianity is a religion that is like other religions. It is not, because what we worship is Jesus. And whilst religion will look at the outward, what it is that we have to do, Jesus will look to the inward. He will say, I, want to, I understand your heart. Whereas religion will say, um, you can't do this and you can't do that. Jesus will say, come to me. As religion might say, you must do this and must do that. Jesus will just say, I am the way. There is a difference. And the people here in the crowd noticed that difference but let me just just pick up there are four different types of people that are here um following jesus at this time the first we know about they are his disciples those that have written these gospels those that we read about in our new testament those that jesus had chosen to be with him and those close enough that were his true followers now they were probably a little bit bemused by what was going on and we turn back uh, to our passage, you will notice um, in verse 16 that at the first the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize all these things were written about him. They were just lost with everybody else. And to be quite honest, they were probably a bit overwhelmed with what was going on. But then we have three other types of people. In verse 17, we pick up on these eyewitnesses, those that were with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead. Jesus had demonstrated in this last sign, a sign that was so wow, so we better listen to this guy, so that it has attracted this crowd, not just of the eyewitnesses, but then in verse 18, we get those that were there because they'd heard he performed this sign and they wanted to see him too. So this is why this big crowd is coming around and they've got their palm branches and they're shouting this prayer. And then there's the Pharisees. We pick them up in verse 19. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. If only that were true today, that the whole world would go after Jesus. What a different place we would be in. But the irony here is this crowd, this big crowd that was following him, the people that were attracted to him because of the difference that he was showing, they would probably be in the same people that were in the crowd a couple of days later shouting, crucify him, crucify him. It was only his true disciples that didn't follow the crowd. And one of the challenges for us as we read this story, if you were to place yourself here in Jerusalem some 1987 years ago, if you were to place yourself in this crowd, where would you have been? What would your opinion have been of Jesus? Now, I'd have suspected we would have gone along with the crowd and followed the crowd. So what do we do today? We understand that this day is a different day. This day is a significant day. It is a day that is so significant it was part of God's plan. It's a day that was prophesied about some 483 years earlier. We know the significance of the events and the donkey, and we understand the difference that he makes. And either... As Christians, as disciples, as followers of him, we can worship with him and say, wow, what a difference a day makes. We can celebrate this day, knowing that this is all part of God's plan. But maybe you're listening today and you're saying, actually, I'm not so sure that who Jesus really is. And the words you've heard from this passage this morning, these Fulfillments, these are remarkable fulfillments of prophecy that demonstrate Jesus' true identity of the Christ, of the one who will save us as the pure Lamb, the spotless one. That sacrifice does not need one further Passover at all. Well, maybe now's the time to recognize that difference. Been contemplating recently and um, and just picking up on a few other people and what they've been saying about lockdown. Here we are in lockdown. We can't go out much except for essential journeys and you know, we have to go to a place of work. And I don't know about you, but I found myself having to restructure my day and um, yeah, we've got a little bit more time than maybe we'd normally have. Here's my challenge to all of us this morning. Regardless of where we are with Jesus, Here is an opportunity this Easter. Yes, it's great to meet together virtually. Yes, it's great to celebrate Easter. But we recognize that while we're in lockdown, this is a different situation. Julia mentioned earlier that we're doing devotions every morning on Zoom. And maybe because this Easter is different, you have more time to think more about the importance of this time of year. As I said, John takes from chapter 12 right the way through to chapter 20, pretty much, to do Jesus' last life. Eight chapters out of 21 chapters. And as we go through, well, I think we're taking the book of Mark, but as we go through this Easter journey, this Passion Week, take the time. How many times have I heard myself say, I wish I had more time to study? Well, maybe God's given us that time. And so let's pray as we consider this week ahead, and the significance of today. Let me um, just hand over to Julia to close this in prayer.